What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, we just wrapped up an exciting Tuesday night lacrosse game, the first Tuesday night contest of the season. Oh, is it the first Tuesday night? Um, first big Tuesday night game uh, uh, of the season for sure, as the North Carolina Tall Heels own a Big comeback victory, come from behind victory, 11-7 over Johns Hopkins. It is the, I believe, the sixth uh, or seventh consecutive win at Homewood uh, for the Tall Heels, the third consecutive win overall for Joe Brescia's squad um, against the Blue Jays. Uh, a really, really strong second-half effort. Carolina outscores Hopkins 8-1 to one in those final two periods. Matt Collison uh, is able to you know, uh, body his way, uh, bully his way uh, past, past the short stick and uh, is able to use his strength to get that separation there. And he gets the only goal of the second half for Hopkins. Uh, Colin Krieg is the man of the match, if you will, in this one. Uh, 14 saves with, what is it, a... 66.7% save percentage. He was fantastic throughout in this contest and really was what I thought was the, one of the difference makers here for Carolina. What you saw with Carolina in the first half was like Concrete was making some really good saves. Hopkins and th- that offense was getting fantastic looks. That Hopkins motion offense was working. They were... Able and I'll say this: neither defense. I mean, uh, both defenses did a good job. I thought of kind of denying the middle of the field, and especially in the first half, you didn't see a ton of uh, goals coming right on the crease or coming from the inside. Hopkins had some incredibly well-timed doubles, incredibly timed slides. Uh, j- just an overall tremendous first half from Hopkins from a defensive standpoint. Uh, certainly, Tim Marcel with the uh, uh, with the goal from beyond the midfield lines, the highlight of the night. And then you also had Hopkins, that defense, as I mentioned, holistically playing very well. Alex Mazzone w- was impressive as always. Uh, but in the second half, that kind of started to fade away. And I think the biggest aspect of this is, and, and maybe it's not the most important, but, but for me it kind of stands out. And, I mean, you can gauge this however you want, how important this was, but North Carolina played on Friday. Hopkins played on Saturday. And Hopkins played in a battle on Saturday against Georgetown, getting that upset win. North Carolina, they breezed past Mercer. North Carolina was fresher. They had fresher legs. You could see that. They were able to outrun Hopkins by, like, the midpoint of the third quarter. They were outrunning Hopkins. Uh, they won the ground ball battle 35-31. to 31. Uh, Carolina showed that 10-man ride most of the game. Marcio was able to break it with that uh, goal there in the uh, first half. And, and Hopkins initially like, ha- had some trouble, but it looked like they kind, of, they, they kind of adjusted to it. Second half, Carolina being able to push the pace and up the tempo. And Hawkins could not keep up. And I mentioned Colin Cree, the, the 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 hero of the day for the Tall Heels. But uh, back to this first half with with Hopkins. And 
this is an, an offense was playing well, defense was playing well, Marcia was playing fantastic in cage. The only area really where Carolina had the advantage all night, and I think you can like make the argument, you know, Krieg had some tougher looks, um, had some more impressive saves there in the first half than did Marcia. Carolina was getting some shots up. I think they shot with 16, 14% in the first half of play. They were getting some looks, maybe not getting the quality of looks they wanted um, or, or taking the shots they needed to take. And, and when they did take those, Marcia was there. Um, but as I mentioned, Hopkins, fantastic in the first half, fantastic um, you know, offensively and defensively. One area, though, and that was face off. Andrew Tyler went on the day. What he goes, uh, 13 or 22 on the day. Um, uh, Tyler and Krieg, I, I thought, really were, were kind of two of the big factors here for Carolina, for sure. Um, you know, that is, and certainly with, with Tyler, you know, Tyler Dunn goes nine for 21. Uh, Logan Callahan, 0 of 1 there for Hopkins. So, I, this is really a game where Carolina, it, you kind of knew like it, it, it was only a matter of time as to when they were going to be able to get into this thing. They're down six to three at the half. And I mean, this was a five one game, at, uh, you know, with two fifty or whatever left in the second quarter. Like this was a game that it looked like Hopkins was holding pretty firmly. And I think Hopkins to an extent maybe played a bit too loose there to start the second half and that kind of derailed things. And then that com- no, um, compounded with their tired legs against a fresher North Carolina team really led to Carolina being able to explode and credit for, to Carolina for being able to take advantage when they were able to. Uh, this is an 8-1 run in the second half for North Carolina. It is a... Uh, a 6-0 run to end the contest there. And we saw this Carolina offense um, really explode late, right? And I'll say this, my my kind of takeaway from this game, I'm not really, I I don't take much away from this game in terms of like, I'm instantly more down on Hopkins than I was coming into this game, or I'm instantly higher on Carolina I think if you played this game on Saturday, um, you might get a different result. If you play this game tomorrow, you might get a different result. These are two fantastic teams right here. These are two teams that obviously had tough times last season. They're trying to bounce back this year. And so far, look pretty good. Hopkins, three games in, is 2-1. and one. I think if you're a Hopkins fan, you have to be uh, happy with that. I mean, look, you could be 3-0, and but you could also be 0-3. You played three good teams back-to-back-to-back, and you won two of them. I think you've got to be happy with that. You've got a game against Loyola coming in this weekend, uh, which we'll talk about here in a second. For Carolina, uh, you know, it, it was kind of a – I mentioned this on uh, th- on um, Tuesday, on yesterday's show, looking at, like, you know, Carolina, that they killed Mosa. You, you couldn't really gauge much from that. This game, I, I've – I kind of got a got a we got a good perspective of what Carolina can be. 
Um, and, and I think particularly offensively. So you look at Lance Tillman go, goes one for two. And he had those two really good assists there in the third quarter that helped put this, uh, tall heel, put, put the game back in reach. I think he had the assist on the goal that, that pulled it within one or, or tied it there. Um, he also had the assist on that rocket from Harry Walford, who had two goals. Antonio DeMarco, the freshman, had two goals, as well as Sean Goldsmith, uh, the, the transfer out of Mercer, uh, Harry Walford, the transfer out of Bucknell, also with uh, a, a strong day there as well. And then P.J. Zinzer also had two goals on the day. Harry Walford had one goal on the day. A, 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 a fantastic uh, you know, showcase of offense in the second half and, and the way that they were able to move the ball. And I think especially stretch the defense and get some of those outside shots that you saw there. I thought it was really what stood out to me most about this, this Carolina team offensively, uh, defensively. And I, they even mentioned it on the broadcast. Um, the, the kind of the amount of polls they have. And I talked about this in my ACC preview. Is like, look, Carolina's got a lot of polls. We saw them try out a starting lineup today of Andrew Geppert, who has most experience of anyone on that roster. You know, a four-year starter, uh, believe there at, at Brown. Oh, well, technically, you know, three or whatever it was. Uh, but but a, a a a tremendous player at Brown was part of that good Brown defense last season. You've got Paul Barton, a, a really talented young star, a sophomore this season, and then. Uh, Evan Egan, a uh, veteran guy there on, on the back end as well. You've got a ton of talent there. And then you look at, they were running Ty English as uh, mostly a defensive midfielder. This, uh, so far this season, you've got guys like Matt Wright there, Paul Wright. They've got a, a ton of talent on the defensive end. And some of it is still very young, as we saw last season. But they've got a year under their belt now. This is the seat, this is the year. And a lot of those sophomores that were freshmen last year that, that got a lot of runs, um, this is kind of the year for them to step up, right? And I think we're, we're starting to see that. And certainly with the uh, it, with the influx of these grad transfers, when you look at you know, Logan McGovern, uh, Gepper, guys like that in on both sides of the field, both ends of the field, is going to help these young guys move along and is going to help these young guys progress. So uh, Carolina right now, um, you know, I, I think I'd mentioned on yesterday's show, I, that was the team I had the most, um, the, the most chatter about when it came to where I had them ranked preseason and, and then keeping them at that 14 spot uh, after week one. And I, I had said they like, I might be higher on Carolina than some other people. We'll see tomorrow night it is going to be a night where we see exactly what Carolina is. And I, I think we've saw, we've seen that right now, at least early in the season. They look pretty good. Hopkins still has started the season very strong. Again, two and one against three tough games. You've got another one against Loyola coming up. Carolina's got another test against Ohio State coming up. Remember, that's the Ohio State team that blew them out of the water in Chapel Hill last year. So these two teams, strong uh, performance tonight in the second half, certainly for Carolina, their ability to bounce back. You want to see them start a bit faster, uh, though. Uh, Hopkins, for me, you want to see them uh, 
kind of gain that consistency and keep it there. We saw them able to bounce, but able to punch back on Saturday. We saw them today that when they got down, weren't necessarily able to do that. Uh, you had the Carlson goal that that kind of uh, put a dent in the uh, w- was really ju- just a minor speed bump in what was a successful uh, Carolina comeback there. So again, a, a strong um, performance from Carolina in the second half for sure. And an overall very exciting game here on a Tuesday night. Uh, I believe it was the first ESPNU game of the season. Yeah, it was because the Michigan-Virginia was ACC Network. Now, we, we did have the uh, Hopkins-Georgetown game on ESPNU, but on tape delay. So uh, the first kind of true live, uh, which I hate the tape delay uh, stuff, by the way. It's terrible. Um, the the first true you know, live uh, ESPNU game of the season is an exciting one, and I think we uh, – it's still early, and suddenly there's a lot to develop with both these teams, but uh, a lot of good takeaways, a lot of positive takeaways, I think, for both of these teams coming out of this game, and certainly the depth that Carolina showed in its scoring, its improvement on, on defense, and just its overall, you know, certainly Tyre being uh, really good was impressive as well. So, good one there for Carolina. Now, Moving, we're going to continue to talk about these two teams here today as we move into uh, kind of previewing some of the games for this weekend. And as I did last week, uh, we and we're going to do throughout the season, preview about two or three uh, games here on Tuesday night, uh, Saturday, Sunday games, weekend games on Tuesday night. And then we're going to preview a couple, uh, you know, four or five on uh, Thursday show. So. Um, with Carolina and Hopkins having played tonight, it's flesh on the mind. I said, you know what, uh, we're going to preview Carolina, Ohio State, and Loyola, and Hopkins, uh, Charles Street rivalry, um, battle on Charles Street um, here on Tuesday night show. I was going to do these on Thursday, but both teams flesh in the mind. Let's get into it. So Hopkins and Loyola, we'll start with that one. Loyola obviously coming off of the big win over Maryland, and we have a piece to talk about with Maryland at the end of this show, uh, an unfortunate piece. But uh, Loyola coming off of that win against Maryland and is looking to move to 2-0, looking to get another big win here over you know, uh, its arguably biggest rival. Um, uh, I, I assume Loyola people would say that Towson's their biggest rival. Probably, um, some might say Hopkins. I'm not Hopkins. Certainly would not agree with that, right? Um, but Loyola Hopkins, Charles Street battle, um, a battle of Charles Street, uh, Charles Street massacre for, for, for you Hopkins fans out there. Uh, th- this is going to be a defensive contest. Uh, is kind of what I'm feeling. Y- you look at what Hopkins has been the past couple of years. Under Milliman, defense has been the strength. And I think defense still is the strength this season for this team. When you look at what we've seen from Tim Marcio, guys like Alex, Alex Mazzone, uh, Scott Smith, there was a lot of talent there. There was a lot of talent. Um, I really liked uh, the past couple of games, the amount of guys they were able to play and the amount of success they were able to have at the defensive midfield. Seems like a piece with a, a spot where they're pretty deep this season. Uh, deeper than they have been in past years. So uh, Hopkins, 
certainly has a tremendous defense once again. And so does Loyola. Now, Loyola's one game in, and, and they held Maryland to seven, and they had that fantastic game. Luke Stout, 19 saves. And then you've also got you know Alex Bean, Matt Hughes, uh, and Cam Wiles there, who started that course as well. Peyton Rosaka, one of the best defensive midfielders in college across on that Greyhounds roster as well. So a, a very talented Loyola defense it is back here in 2023. Obviously, you've got a new starting goalie. Uh, you've got some new faces there, uh, but some veteran proven pieces on that back end, similar to what Hopkins has as well. So I think that's kind of going to be, I could see this being a low scoring game, a, a, a defensive battle. We know this thing is probably going to be close. This is a rivalry game. Uh, the stakes are raised in these kinds of games. And the last couple um, of years, really since, what, 2015 or so, the rivalry has been maybe as, and I'd have to go look at the at the um, the series history, but it's been as good as it ever has been uh, since about 2014, 2015 there with both these teams. Uh, Loyola certainly elevating uh, its play. Um, and Hopkins, you could say, maybe going on a downhill, but I think both these teams are you would just say are more even than they ever have been. And Hopkins certainly looking good right now through three games with a two and one record. And, you know, that's the biggest thing for me is these defenses and kind of which defense is going to be able to win out in this contest. It is going to be interesting. I, I think that Hopkins is going to be able, probably going to be able to shut down the Loyola Offense maybe a bit more than you know we would have with Loyola against the Hopkins offense. I think the Hopkins John Colley motion offense is going to be able to put some more pressure on Loyola um, than, than than maybe they um, would like to see. So I think Hopkins in the end I'm going to pick to win this game, uh, but I think it, this one uh, really could go either way and is going to be a defensive heavy battle. Um, now, the one area where I do think we, we could see, you know, it, it, it could teeter on, on, on who wins this battle, but the faceoff dot. Neither of these teams have been good um, the, the past couple of games, right? You And, and certainly Hopkins was, was pretty good against Georgetown. They were not good tonight against uh, North Carolina. They, they were good against Jacksonville. So it's, it's been an up-and-down thing. And, and and I would I would not say that Hopkins nor Loyola are gonna end the season like in the top ten um, or, or top five certainly in faceoff winning percentage as a team. I, I just I don't see them as those kinds of teams. And we've seen struggles again. Hopkins good for a couple games, but struggled tonight. Loyola certainly struggled on Saturday. The defense was able to bail them out there. Who wins that battle? I think that could have a big piece in this um, and, and whoever is able to get that momentum. And certainly both of these offenses can put the ball in the back of the net. I, I think Hopkins is a bit better than I give them an edge there offensively in terms of the amount of depth that they've shown, the amount of guys that we know they have, um, and just the way they've been clicking so far. But again, uh, a rivalry contest, expect a battle. There on Charles Street 
on Saturday in Baltimore, Maryland, between Hopkins and Loyola. Now, moving on to another contest here, uh, North Carolina traveling to Ohio State. This is going to be a game where North Carolina is going to want to get back. Like, this is a contest that North Carolina was blown out in last year. Ohio State came to Chapel Hill, and they beat the brakes off of North Carolina. We saw them uh, be- beat them at-, at the faceoff dot. We saw them uh, the-, the defense was able to hammer down on the offense. Uh, Carolina was not able to you know, clear the ball as-, as well. The Ohio State ride was very good. I think that one piece in particular is just a battle I'm interested in is how is this clearing and riding game going to be between these two teams? Both these teams uh, can, can ride very well. Uh, they will not always deploy the 10-man ride, but you will. You can see it from both these teams from time to time, and they can be successful at it. That's going to be interesting, what the ride, riding and clearing game looks like between these two teams. And they're both that can get up and down the field. Um, they don't do it as, like, that's not their identity is is running up and down the field, but certainly, uh, and with Carolina, I think more so the the ride has been instilled there as very tough ride to beat. The, the, really, the past you know three or four years there with Carolina for sure. Uh, Ohio State maybe not as as much, but they've still been pretty good and and pretty effective with it at times. They remember that Cornell game uh, last season. They were pretty. Uh, good in that. I believe they lost that game, but I believe it was that first half had a, had a really successful uh, ride there against Cornell. So um, we, we've seen Ohio State have some good uh, games in that regard as well, uh, certainly so last year. Now, when it comes to kind of the what I'm looking for in this game, certainly the riding and clearing aspect, but even more so, you know, with the Carolina defense, and we saw the way they played tonight, and specifically in that second half, we know Colin Klee can get it done, but we know what kind of goal he is. We know the amount of talent that Carolina has on defense. I question, though, so we see this Ohio State offense with Jack Myers and company, though. We've seen Kyle Lewis, Kyle Border, Richie Galcalandra, a lot of these transfers uh, get playing time and be pretty good in this in this system, Ollie Allen, a lot of these younger guys are also making headway there as well. So I think that 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 specific aspect of the game for me is can this Ohio State offense or can the North Carolina defense, that battle between those two units, who's going to win that matchup, right? Who is going to get the edge on that end of the field is the most interesting to me. I, I'm pretty certain this game is going to be much, much closer than it was last year. Um, in the end, I am going to take Ohio State in this game. I think when you look at what Ohio State has offensively and defensively, I think this team is just better. Um, the, the one area where I do think it's kind of kind of even keel is at the faceoff dot, and that's going to be a very interesting battle there uh, between Drew Blanchard of Ohio State and Andrew Tyler of North Carolina. Two incredibly talented face-off men. That's going to be a battle to watch for sure within this game. Now, 
the Carolina offense, I just talked a bit about here and what they did tonight and the amount of scoring they were able to get, especially late. All like, And that's, that's the biggest question for me concerning North Carolina is still, can they get that? Like, can they get that against Ohio State? I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to get that as – they're certainly not going to get it as easy as they did in the second half tonight. But can Carolina – and that is probably the biggest question for me with Carolina in this game. Can they get what they want offensively? Because last year they didn't. They did not. And we know this is an entirely new unit this season. You've got some guys back for sure, but a ton of transfers in there. Harry Walford, um, Logan McGovern, a ton of the Sean Goldsmith, all contributing heavily. Is this offense going to be able to get what it wants on Sunday? If not, this is going to be an Ohio State win. If they are, North Carolina is going to have a real chance to win this game. Again, I'm, I'm taking Ohio State in this one. I think the Buckeyes are just better in kind of every regard when you look at it on paper, just talent-wise. But that's why we play the games. Uh, th- this, this is going to be a battle and certainly going to be better than last season. And look, Carolina could very well come out on top of this one. Again, that's why we play the games. And Lacrosse has not played on paper. So, uh, two exciting contests previewed tonight. Loyola and Hopkins in Ohio State, North Carolina. Also talked about the Carolina win over Hopkins. Now, we have to stay in Maryland here to end this show. And... Look at the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, so, uh, literally, middle of the game tonight, we get a tweet from uh, Edward Lee of the uh, Baltimore uh, Sun, the lacrosse reporter, reporting that Logan McNaney, the Maryland goalie, will be out for the remainder of this season with a torn ACL. First and foremost, um, wish Logan uh, a, a speedy recovery. Hope to see him back out there with the Topes next season. This is a blow to this is a blow to um, John Tillman's copy. This is a massive blow. Then lose Eric Malva. I, I think it's uh, there's a uh, Josh Kaufman. Believe it is uh, the Mitty is out for the year once again, from what I understand. And he was out last year as well. You've got Logan McNaney out as well now. This is a huge, huge blow to this team. If you look back to Saturday's game, the defense wasn't the issue. It really wasn't. Um, and the faceoff wasn't the issue. Right? Those are the two areas that you came away from Saturday's loss for Maryland and said they were really good in those areas. It was just... The offense couldn't break the Loyola defense. Like, and we talked about that on uh, Monday night. Was like that was that was the backbreaker for Maryland in that game. Now, part of that defensive success has been for the past couple of seasons, Logan McNaney. He's an absolute stud. 
believe he was the MVP of the NCAA tournament last year. Just a tremendous player. Tremendous player. Super fun to watch. One of the best goalies in college across. Now, is Teddy Dolan going to get the uh, get the start? I think that's what we have to ask. I think we've, what we have to ask now is, so first and foremost, Logan McNaney is out of the picture this year. What we have to ask is who is going to start for Maryland and what impact is that going to have on this defense? Now, you're looking at Maryland's roster. They certainly have a very talented, experienced goaltender on there in Teddy Dolan, who I just mentioned. He played the last bit of that game on uh, Saturday. Uh, McNanny did get injured in that game, as I mentioned um, earlier this uh, on, on Monday's show, and we did see Teddy Dolan come in there. Uh, Weston Schmidt is a sophomore. Brian Rupel is a freshman. Those are the other two guys there. Very green players. Um, it, Teddy Dolan, a, a very strong uh, goalie from, from Binghamton. Obviously, the uh, younger brother of Danny Dolan, who uh, won a national title there at Maryland. And what we've seen from Maryland and what we know about Maryland is they can replace talent better than anybody in the country. I truly believe they could put any of these guys in there and probably still be good. You're not going to get Logan McNaney production out of any of those guys. But Maryland could still be good with any of those guys in there. We've seen the Topes do it in the past with goalies, and it's one after another. Just success, success, success. You see guys start one or two years, go to championship weekend, they graduate, the next guy comes in, they do the same thing. It's the same way on offense. Close defense, defensive midfield, it's everywhere. Maryland replaces talent. So I think like my, my biggest takeaway from this news is certainly this is a blow, and Maryland is not going to be as good defensively without McNaney. That is a fact. That is a fact. Now, they could still be the best defense in the country for sure with the talent they have at pole, what we've seen from them at the defensive midfield spot as well. Like they could still have the best defense in the country, even without Logan McNaney, but it will not be as good. That is for sure. However, whoever they put in there, and I would, I, I assume, just based on who played last week, um, it, it, late in the game there, and who has the most experience, it will probably be Teddy Dolan. I don't know that for sure. I'm not reporting that, but that seems the most likely answer. It's going to be interesting, for sure, to see what Maryland does from here on out. Uh, how much this impacts them as well. They've got Syracuse on Saturday. This is a Syracuse offense that, yes, I know it was Albany and Holy Cross, but looked very good. Um, they, they, they look like they have started to iron out those wrinkles there on offense, and they're getting things flowing um, on both ends of the, of, of the field, for sure. And they've got a big test on uh, Saturday against Maryland, and this is a game that last year we saw these teams play pretty close, at least in the first three quarters of play. Maryland is able to run away with it last year. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case on on Saturday. So we'll talk a bit more about that on Thursday. Show the Syracuse-Maryland game, one of the top games in what is a uh, exciting weekend ahead of us in college lacrosse, but certainly the biggest news 
this week thus far. Logan McNaney out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh, the three-year starter there uh, in cage at Maryland helped lead them to national title appearance in 21, a national title, undefeated national title last season, and uh, was injured in that game against Loyola over the weekend. Uh, per Bill Lee of the, uh, me, Edward Lee of the uh, Washington uh, Baltimore Sun, it is a torn ACL. All right, folks, that is, uh, hate to end on a somber note like that, uh, but that is the, uh, that's it for today's episode. As always, you can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Leave the five-star reviews on those platforms in which you're able to do so. Also, you can watch the show on YouTube as well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Helps us grow the show. LacrosseBucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. <laughs>